You're listening to My Wedding Season, the podcast. I'm your host, Ida Glovic. I photograph intimate weddings and elopements in Europe. This is the show where I provide overwhelmed wedding photographers with the inspiration, tools, and resources needed to build a thriving brand and business. Welcome back to My Wedding Season, the podcast. My guest today is Ben Journey, all the way from New Zealand. Ben is an incredibly talented wedding filmmaker and podcaster. His podcast, Make Better Wedding Films, is one of my favorite in our industry where he gets a number of guests on to talk about new ideas for radical films about people in love. That being said, I just knew that he's the right person to invite on this podcast to talk to us about getting started and making wedding films. To be honest, I thought this was going to be a casual conversation about stepping into filmmaking, but Ben took it to the next level. He started off talking about the basics of creating simple highlight films and went on to describing how he makes story best cinematic films. I certainly learned a lot and I'm sure that you will too. If you're a photographer who's eager to start adding films to your packages, buckle in because you're in for a ride. So without any further ado, let's get into it. Ben, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today all the way from New Zealand and it's 8 a.m. for you or a little bit past 8 p.m. for me here in Germany. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. Ada, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's great to be here. Yeah, Ben, so I know you have an amazing podcast. That's how I found you. And I know that you make amazing wedding films. And since my podcast is mainly for photographers, I figured there's some people who are interested in integrating videography filmmaking into their business and yeah thank you for coming on to chat a little bit about that and how they can do that best to make that transition or addition to their business yeah absolutely it's because it's it's the sort of thing that i think a lot of couples are asking for especially like post-pandemic world and international travel still hard families you know want stuff recorded more than ever and i think a lot of photographers get asked the question but the idea of video is really scary and feels like it's a super steep learning curve. Um, so hopefully we can help some pe people out and give some people some easy steps to add a little bit of videos for the odd upsell here and there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the one advantage photographers have is they know how to work their camera, right? But exactly. it's also not as simple as just pressing record and showing up at the wedding because you have to know mm -hmm. what you're doing. And clearly there are different levels of the quality of films one can produce it's just clear like it's also for me sometimes like I notice myself there's some people I would just call videographers or filmmakers like you know cinematic filmmakers I feel like are top tier right now and what's being produced out there is mind-blowing and I've like literally discovered so many talented filmmakers for your podcast it's been eye-opening to be honest and, um, you know, from chatting and emails before us going and recording this, he did mention that there's three steps, three levels that you would want to talk about how <clears throat> photographers can join, as a, uh, become filmmakers, um, what they can do about that. So if you would want to chat a little bit about that, that'd be amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's kind of like, we kind of don't have a super uh broad language to describe like what video is and there's kind of like sits in different sorts of categories around like what couples actually kind of need and want um 
And because like what a lot of photographers are um, starting to offer is a very simple kind of like some footage set to music and, you know, almost like a, almost like a video slideshow. Um, and for some couples that, yeah, yeah. For some couples, that's plenty. That's all that they want. Um, especially when it comes down to budget and fitting everything in. Um, the idea of going like full hog, full videographer with like, you know, multiple, uh, people and, um, audio and, you know, complicated editing, all that, like, it doesn't have to be nothing or that, you know? So, um, yeah. And especially even if you do as a photographer have a goal of getting to the full kind of like, you know, like full noise wedding films you see online. Yeah. The full pr production with like, you know, cutting different camera angles, you're hearing people's vows, hearing people's speech. If you want to get there, there are some steps along the way to like slowly step up the difficulty curve. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can go through a few things. Because, like, for me, you know, like, for example, if I see something by fire and ice, I'm totally intimidated because... Uh, well, you, sh you, know, you should be, because fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry, by the way, I do swear, so... You're all good. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I also don't want photographers to be totally discouraged. Like, I just, you know, when I see that, I'm like, I, it's hard for me to attend them. Like I do a bit of videography. I'm one of those photographers who offers a bit of videography on the side. Um, hard for me to call myself a filmmaker by any means when I know what filmmakers are actually doing out there. Like I would say I'm your um your typical two minute highlight film <laughs> maker. Yeah. You know. Yeah, which to be honest, for a lot a lot of photographers, that's plenty. I know plenty of photographers who like their core business is photography. That's not going to change, but they are, are experimenting with this extra add on to their business that they can use to upsell in the same way they would a uh, album or something. Yeah, totally. And I think um, um, that's the core audience listening to this mm -hmm. and whoever yeah, wants exactly. to really step up that game, you have to listen to Ben's podcast to the end. So yeah. yeah. Make better <laughs> wedding films. The title says it all. And um, I've just picked up so many snippets from listening to your interviews, uh, things that I was able to even integrate. Just like it was so like, I don't know. I discovered a podcast, I think, sometime in the summer. It was super random. And then I was just binging it and just thinking, whoa, this is so good. Like our industry needs it and more people need to hear about it for sure. <laughs> and thank you for really coming on and chatting with us. It's Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That that's that's really really lovely to hear. I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. Well, um, shall we kind of dive in with some kind of first steps and kind of get people up to speed? But you know what? I'd also love right before we do that is I want to know a little mm. bit about your journey. Like, if you can talk <laughs> about how you got into it and maybe tell us a little bit about your first wedding, like filming that. How was that? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a story. Um, okay, so yeah, yeah, no, no, it's great. It's great. Um, this will hopefully, um, you know, give people some encouragement that you can fuck up right at the beginning and and it's not all over. Um, so yeah, so I've been shooting, <laughs> I've been shooting weddings for over 10 years now. Um, and my first wedding, uh, 
I'd never actually been to a wedding before. So the first wedding I've ever been to is the first wedding I shot. And it was my ex-girlfriend's wedding. It's my ex-girlfriend's wedding. Um, <laughs> um, so I basically got into like started experimenting with video. The kind of like cinematic wedding films started to become a thing over in the States. Um, not even really a thing here. There might have been a couple of pe people doing it. Um, but I was like, this is maybe a, a way I can make some money with, with my camera. So um, I was like, I need to just start somewhere, you know, offer to film someone's wedding for free. And I knew my ex-girlfriend was getting married, um, like totally friendly on good terms with her and stuff. So I was like, hey, do you mind if I just come along and bring my camera and film something for you? Um, and yeah, I was going fine in the morning and then I wanted this like, shot of her and her dad leaving in the car so like shot that in the morning they're leaving for the church and then i like m made my way to the car packed my things away drove to the church and then i arrived at the church and i was like shit she's she, she's literally she, no no she's she would have driven in the car driven to the church got out and walked in oh and here i am like meandering my way to the car finding a park getting like walking my tripods in and then like she's already so I, I missed the entrance. I, I missed the bridal entrance of her walking down the aisle for my first wedding film. Um, so, yeah, that uh, that was interesting. Yeah, and um, you did it for free, so that's like you can get away with it, yeah. you know? Once you're paid, that doesn't yeah. work out. Yeah, and, like, they loved the film at the end of the day. Like, those, you know, so it was, it, it all worked out in the end. Um, but, yes, I've learned, I've learned a lot since then, <laughs> 10 years down the line. Yeah, and I mean, back then, there wasn't that much education available, barely, if any. Oh, there was, no, yeah, there was, we had like, yeah, a, like Philip Bloom on YouTube and like, you know, like, like nothing. There was not, there was, yeah, there's no like spe specialty wedding film podcasts or anything back then. So oh, it's all trial and error for you. Like, you just had to absolutely self taught all the yeah. way. Hey? Yeah, yeah. And especially back then, the video quality was horrific. I was like on this Nikon. It was like 720p, like just god awful garbage video quality. Like it's only in the last few years it's like been somewhat passable. Like, do you ever go back and look at what you did back then? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. It can stay. It can stay in the past. That's fine. <laughs> Come on. I, I can relate to that so much. I'm just like, and then you just think either you did it for free or for dirt cheap, then it's okay. Moving on. You're yeah. good right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We just, it's all growth. It's all, it's all growth. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So now we can get back to step one. Thank you for that background. Um, yeah. Go for it. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, kind of like basics before. So like, so you're a photographer, you know light, you know composition, you know how to direct couples. You're like a quarter of the way there <laughs> to video. Um, so yeah, basically some like first steps if you've you've got your camera and you wanna you wanna hit record. Some things so you've got like a few first steps to kind of get the camera up to speed with getting the best image possible. Because most cameras will let you just hit record, and you could do that, um, but. The problem with video is we don't have raw files. So you guys can you know, take a snap and then chuck it into Lightroom and do whatever the heck you want with it. Videographers don't have that luxury. So what we have to do 
is basically get effectively our, you know, compressed JPEG image that our camera's recording uh, with as much information in it as possible. Um, so what that often means is that we're recording um, color-wise in a really flat, neutral color profile. Actually, it looks really washed out and gray, but that means that we basically just like cram as much dynamic range into our image as possible. Um, and and cameras have settings for this. So if you, whether you're on camera, uh, whether you're on Canon or Sony or whoever, um, there should be under your picture profiles some form of log. Um, it, for, yeah, so for Sony, it's S-log. For Canon, it's C-log. For Panasonic, it's, Panasonic, it's V-log. For some okay. reason. I'm a Sony um, shooter, so I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so... so um, any any real flavor to get to get you started any real flavor of log is going to give you something more than just a standard picture profile i think from memory sony s log 2 is great for canon c log 3 is great for panasonic i think it's just v log just straight v log um and so what you're going to do is you're going to switch your camera into that profile for uh video um and the image will end up looking really, really gray. And then most cameras should then have a feature in your settings to like have a like a view assist or a, or a, or some kind of like way to basically like this image you're looking at on the back of your screen looks normal again. Um, so basically, the camera captures the really washed out image, captures all that dynamic range. But when you're looking at the back of your screen or looking through a viewfinder and exposing, you get a normal nice contrasty you know saturated image that you can base base your exposure off and so that's kind of step one basically just like to get the camera into the mode where it's capturing the most dynamic range possible for your image um and but you can still you know look at the back of the screen and expose correctly um so that's kind of stage one and 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 all these settings like i'm going to sort of give, give you guys like a, a few settings you should hopefully be able to um program into like most cameras have like a like a program setting where you can just like switch the dial into like p1 or something and, and all your settings are kind of saved so ideally this is a sort of basically well, i'm going to give you a bunch of settings pop that into a sort of like um pre you know settings preset that you can just like switch the camera when you're ready to grab a video shot switch it into that and it'll be all set up for you um so yeah so step one pop your camera and log um, and depending on your exact camera brand and model, you might want to Google just like best log for insert camera model here. Uh, step two is um, 50 frames per second. So for like super basic video edits, um, having everything in slow motion is like a super simple cheat code to just making everything look nice, everything looks great, smooths out little camera shakes and everything so just like that is absolute videographer hack is just shoot everything in slow motion um and so 50 frames per second um is basically just, just it means every, every second you're recording 50 frames of video and what you can then do is then slow that down to 50 percent and it gets played back at 25 frames a second um and 25 frames a second is just the kind of like industry standard for video it's basically uh the at the point at which our eyes believe still images are moving 
So if you go down to like 12 frames a second, it can look like stop motion animation where you can start to see the jitters and anything slower than that, it just looks like a slideshow where it's like picture, picture, picture. Then as you speed those frames up, as you get faster and faster with the frames, you start to stop seeing the individual pictures and your brain just sees it as a moving image. And so it's at 25 or 24 frames a second that that illusion happens and our brains just go, yep, that's a moving image. Um, and so, yeah, basically when you record at 50, it gives you double the amount of frames so that you can slow it down to 25. I'm sorry if I'm losing people. It's kind of it's kind of weird to start to explain th these kind of things that you just like as a videographer know just intuitively and then you have to try and explain like what that means. But it's so important. These are like the most basic standard things to know mm. or else like if you don't know it, you don't do it. And then you have to yeah. implement it later on and you just think, why didn't I know that? Like, you know, mm. also for me, yeah, like, I didn't know that way back when. Mm. I love that you're mm. going super basic right now. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and it's the kind of thing too, like I'm trying to give some context as to why for all of these things. It's like, I could tell you like, put your camera in log, shoot 50 frames a second, blah, 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 blah. But like, I kind of like the idea of knowing a little bit of like, why am I doing these things? So like, if you don't, if you don't understand the why, it doesn't matter. Just, 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 just do it. <laughs> so yeah. So yeah. So we're going to put, put it. I mean, yeah. understanding yeah. it just shows the importance of really why. And also we want to differentiate uh, between taking photos and making films. You know, there needs to be not only the technical change, but also later on, I would love for you to speak to like the mind shift change of filming on weddings. That would be amazing. But go ahead, please continue. Um, yeah, amazing. And so, I mean, last step for how you basically um, set your camera up for video is not a camera setting. It's just how you actually hold the camera. So, um Basically, uh, you want your camera as stable as possible, really. And an, a super easy way to do that is uh, whether you've got the sling camera straps or a traditional camera strap, just pull it taut, hold it in front of you, have your elbows in, and that'll just give you a nice stable um, sort of structure to kind of hold the camera out, hold it steady, um, and that'll give you a nice stable shot. That paired with a little bit of slow motion, kind of smooths everything out um, and you'll be sweet. And then, I mean, I'm sure photographers know when they start to get down to slower shutter speeds that a wider lens gives you less shake than a, you know, the, the more you zoom in, the more you see camera shake. That's just amplified with video. So, um, yeah. Like, you... Just don't go around filming with an 85 millimeter like this because you'll remember. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, anything around like 35 or something handheld, 50 frames, it's going to look like a tripod shot. It'll be beautiful. So yeah. Um, so that's honestly, that's like your three key things. If you just want to capture like the most the most beautiful video out of your camera possible, those are the three things you have to do. Like basically get the most dynamic range out of your camera possible, get it into a place where it can do slow motion, and then hold it still. <laughs> and that's kind of your like absolute baseline for photographers who want to grab some video shots throughout the wedding. Um, but you mentioned before around like holistically, like what do you think about actually capturing? Um, and so ideally, 
Um, I mean, I guess, look, if you're offering your couples like a highlight film of the day, you obviously want a selection of footage throughout the day. Um, But the thing with video that's different to photos really is that like photos can live on their own. Like a photo can just be a photo, whereas video is always part of an edit. It, It always exists side by side amongst other clips. And so the idea of um, variety of angles and variety of framing um, is sort of amplified with video. You can get real textural with video, like a shot that would never really be a photo can be mixed in with um, video just to kind of like add that texture and going from like close-ups to wide shots and cutting between those will just give you that variety too. So just keeping in mind throughout the day like you know i want like a nice wide shot of like a venue area and then i want like a a medium shot of the couple and a close shot of the couple i want some real hyper close-ups of details and textural stuff and close-up on hands on glasses and just little little bits of textures so you want like just like almost like little bits of ingredients to just paint an overall picture um yeah of this day basically like um do you film by yourself or do you have someone else with you so i always i always have a second shooter um but that comes into play when you're doing the kind of films we'll be probably talking about at the end of the show where it's like multi-cams we've got audio when we're doing that kind of next level of kind of storytelling that involves yeah words on the day and multiple cameras and lighting and everything and, and everything so um yeah if you're just doing that kind of like slow motion footage to music kind of highlight film one person should be plenty and oh but i i know that a lot of photographers who do offer that um bring along like a videographer person so you can like hybrid shoot on the day or you just bring along an associate associate videographer up to you and then they and then they still edit themselves like for you know if you're all by yourself and especially like during the ceremony where you really don't want to be hopping around too much but, you know, mm. you're not there to film the entire ceremony and, you know, in full length where you're just in one spot. But mm. it's a highlight film. You want to get, like you said, all, you know, different perspectives, different textures. Yeah. Like, how do you go about doing that? Like, decently, like, is there and are there any tips you can give uh, yeah. to our listeners? So I guess in that instance, like if you're, just solo photographer and you want to offer both photo and video um it's about setting expectations with your couples you know you're not this octopus with eight arms with eight cameras covering everything you you just you can't and so you and just being honest about what you're offering to your couples and what they want and need is you know it like all the just talking to them beforehand like what do they what would they prefer for the first kiss would they prefer a photo of it or do they want it in their film? They can't have both. Um, and so just having that conversation with your couples about what's important for them um, like is the most important for that kind of scenario, definitely. Because outside of those those real key moments, yeah, mm, outside of those real key moments, you can kind of do everything. Like during the photo shoot and stuff, you can like be directing the couple, like grab some photos and then like, I'm just going to grab that same thing on video real quick. Like it's pretty simple to kind of do the same thing um, for those uh, moments where you're more in control. But when you're out of control and you're like photographing the event that's happening in front of you, um, you can't do everything 
no one should expect you to, to, to do everything. So just communicating with your couple around what they would prefer is kind of, I guess, is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I personally, for those listening, say like photos are the priority and then mm. the film is secondary and usually couples um, are on board with that. But I love that you said mm. setting expectations because it's so important in the get-go to really explain what you're going to do. I mean, when it's your first wedding, offering that is a bit more tricky. But if you already have something in the bag, just really showing your couple potentially what it can look like, I think it's going to mm. take you a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you'll be surprised like, because and, and it's the kind of thing too that as a photographer, you can just like start doing and start like experimenting with before you even like offer it as a product on your web, website. Like just like start experimenting and offering it for free to couples, seeing if you can do it before you, you know, start selling it to people. Um, but you'd be, you'd be surprised what you can make with video um, without the, the, um, like you know key elements of the day that couples will just love like i think i uh, i i started doing these like social media teasers and the last one i did like i didn't even even include anything from the ceremony anything from the prep anything from the speeches or anything it was literally some shots of the photo shoot and the couples enjoying like the uh, the co co cocktail hour and a few drone shots of the venue and that was like a minute long and they loved it and like as a as a specialized videographer, that's like a definitely an extra for me. But as a photographer, adding a video thing, that could be your your video add on, and it could be couples could could love that, and that would have taken you hardly any extra effort to pull together on the on the day. Yeah, totally. And I mean, one thing mm. I really saw from checking out the work for the works from different people we've had on the podcast is that like mm. it's really high time for us to rethink what wedding films can and should look like right mm. I think we still have it in our minds of like the basic things that belong in a film and are like aiming to get those but there's so many different ways to approach it and actually I think for me that's what's exciting also about shorter films like I feel like you can really experiment and do different things which is exciting to just um provide couples I think that's so good mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, yeah, just basically just experiment with capturing stuff on the day. If you just like make sure it's as stable as possible um, and you're just getting a, like, a nice variety of shots, um, I think you'll be surprised with how easily it all comes together and post, which is kind of what we can t t talk about now. Yes, please. Like, yeah. Let's get into that. Yeah. Post-production. Yeah. Yeah, because again, this is this is yeah. Well, this is um, I think again where a lot of photographers are like, I don't want to touch video because I don't want I don't know how to edit and it seems scary and I don't want to learn another software. Which I feel you, I hate learn I hate learning softwares. Um, but yeah, like you, so you've set your camera up, you've captured all this beautiful footage on the day, you've got a de decent selection of clips, and you want to just like pop them together, set them to music, and ship it off nice and simple i think nothing too complicated so um if you are on a mac i would suggest going with final cut pro um it's just it's faster it's 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 a bit easier i think 
Um, and for the long run, I think it's going to just like make your life a lot easier. If you're already on an Adobe subscription or you're on a PC, then go with a Premiere Pro. Um, there's also DaVinci Resolve. But if you're starting off, there's no real reason to pick DaVinci over Final Cut or Premiere. Um, so yeah, it doesn't really matter which software you end up choosing. Um, they're all going to be relatively the same. Um, but holistically, your first steps of like what you want to be doing in these softwares is laying clips out in a timeline. And so editing software works in like just like a chronological timeline, left to right, how we read. And then the play here just starts and whatever it moves along on top of, that's what we see. And so basically, if you just think about it like that, just this like laying train tracks out from left to right in chronological order, that's what your video is. Um, so you just want to be able to learn how to like get your footage into the software, lay it out in the order that you want it, like trim your trim or lengthen, you know, your clips, all this kind of stuff. Um, put some music on, color grade and export. Um, and so I think going into too much detail around the specifics for each software is going to be a bit too much for this kind of podcast, but I think knowing knowing what to look for I think is important because I think when you just open these softwares like there's every tutorial you could want under the sun on YouTube but it's knowing what to look for that's the thing that is you know people don't know what to search for so I think just like let's you just googling like how to input footage to X software is your first step you just want to get your footage in um, it's usually just like file import or drag the footage in it's pretty simple um, and so basically like once you've got your footage in, that's the easy stage. The next step is you want to basically like from your, think about it like the culling process for photos. But for video, it's not only like what clips we want to use, it's what parts of those clips we want to use. So um, for video, we use the terms in point and out point. And that basically just means like if your clips a minute long, but you want to use the section from like, 20 seconds through to 30 seconds, that's the bit of the clip that you want to use in your film. At 20 seconds is your in point, 30 seconds is your out point, and then you've got that middle section of clip that you then put on your timeline. Um, and for, I'm pretty sure all editing softwares, they just, the, the key I is input and the key O is, 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 is out point. And so as you're just you know, scrolling along your clips, you find this spot you want to start, hit I, scroll along the spot you want to finish, hit O, and then you just drag that clip and put it on your timeline. Nice and simple. And you just do that, you just rinse and repeat. Just You just do that again and again and again for all your clips and just drag them onto your timeline one at a time um, until they're all on your timeline in the order that you want them. Um, for this kind of film, there's no real... Uh, right or wrong way of right or wrong order of putting your clips um simplest way is chronological but if you want to like start with some pretty shots of the photo shoot and then go chronological and then end on some pretty shots like you can kind of play around with, with what works for you um but yeah holistically you're just trapped basically like in this culling process of like get all your footage in figure out what parts of it you want select the in point the out point drag them on 
and just 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 keep dragging all the clips on the timeline to let train tracks one after the other um, until they're in the order um, and that's that basically and then um, we want to so all these clips um, we mentioned before that we recorded them in slow motion um, so basically what you then do uh, is select all of those clips and again all of the softwares are going to be slightly different but what you want to uh, google what you want to go on to youtube to find a t tutorial for whatever is um something along the lines of time remapping or um yeah slow mo like make clips slow motion in x software and that'll just basically give give you the settings to transform 50 frames of second footage and slow it down into 25 and just make it half the speed basically um, and then you've got all your clips on your timeline they're all slow motion and you're ready to add music on um, and so um, am I going too fast by the way if you got any questions no, you, I'm you just, totally you just following you I'm just really okay. at, yeah, letting it sink in perfect cool all good Perfect. So yeah, so we've got our timeline, we've got all our clips on, they're all in slow motion. Now we want to find some music to set to it. Um, so uh, basically you want to jump onto a website called Musicbed. Um, Musicbed, hashtag sponsored. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Use the promo code MBWF. Um, and so basically you want to just go on that way. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, you want to... Um, yeah, but basically you want to go on the website and just start to look for some great music to set to your, um, set to your film. They've got like playlists all ready to go. You can just like go on playlists and look for like ambient music, cinematic music, whatever you want, whatever you want to sort of set the vibe for your, for your video. Yeah. 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 You can literally just search for, if, if you're not a music person, like I'm not a music person, I don't know notes and keys and you can just search by like romantic or like you know like c cinematic music and it, it, it'll you'll have all these amazing songs pop up and um yeah you can just download one and then again exactly like footage you want to just like drag it into your editing software exactly like a video clip is and it's just sitting that that music file is sitting amongst your video clips and then here's where the kind of how the software is all laid out works is that we talked before about your clips being all in one kind of train track um the music will sit below that kind of on its own little train track below the video footage um and that basically means that you start to layer things one on top of the other so as you've got as the playhead is moving along your timeline it's it's registering the the footage that you've laid out it's also registering the music at the same time so that's kind of like the structure of how you're editing software is kind of set up you just like layer things on top of each other and then move forward from left to right in time um so yeah so we're basically just going to drag our music clip down um and then uh basically you kind of want to edit to the music so you've you had your the parts of your clips that you kind of figured out that you liked um and you got them in the order that you want them but now we want to kind of like edit to the beat of the music um, and that's as simple as just like you hit play and when you're listening to the music and you find a spot that would be good to cut like on the beat you just hit pause and then you you drag the side of that clip and shorten it down to that 
point and then carry on. And then you basically, so you've got basically then trimming all those clips so that as the music goes along and the beat comes, the uh, shots change on the beat of the music. And that's just going to make for a much more enjoyable watching experience. Um, and it's going to make everything look way more professional and not jarring. Because basically we just, we, we, we're used to seeing things cut on the beat of the music. And so if you do that, it'll, yeah. Can I add something right there, Ben? Just, yeah. Um, the way that I work is once I have my, you know, a song that I've chosen, I listen to it and then I mark where I want to, you know, where the beats are hitting, mm. especially those yeah. hard beats, you know. So I, I do a listen once or twice. And then I already just see it visually where mm. my clips go. So that's just a little tip if that works for people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you yeah, you want to just like listen and feel like when you, like you'll intuitively know like when the beats are, when you want to cut and then you just kind of like let your footage match that intuitive kind of rhythm and it'll just make everything flow together and just that'll like be the secret source to just kind of bring everything together and go like, oh, wow, this is just a film that's just like, flowing and happening it's beautiful yeah so about that millisecond sometimes if like your clip is a bit off like your brain is like something strange here yeah. so sometimes you just really need to work that millisecond for sure yeah and so if that happens by the way is um what you can then do is you can then like you can zoom in on your timeline and get quite granular with it and um your audio clip will have these little it'll look like a mountain range like little peaks and valleys it'll just showing the audio waveform and when a beat hits you'll usually get a little spike and you can match you actually you can like use that as a visual guide to literally just like line up your cut with that little spike in the in in the waveform and that'll ensure you're getting it right on the money with the cut um yeah so um, yeah and so Basically, so we're almost there. We're almost there um, with uh, your, you know, your, your first wedding film, basically. Uh, you um, are so teaching today, Ben. That's the next <laughs> I didn't think we're going to get teaching today. Life. We're going to get you guys yeah. up to speed. <laughs> um, cool. So we've got our clips in. We've got the sections of them picked out, the endpoints and outpoints. They're in our timeline. They're slow motioned. We've got the music in, we've cut them to the beat, and then last step is color grade. Um, so, we, yeah, so um, mentioned earlier that at the very beginning that we recorded everything in what's called log profile, which is basically just means it's just super flat, capturing as much information into that image as possible off the sensor, as much dynamic range as possible. Um, and so your footage will all look quite gray and quite washed out and yuck. And so how we turn that into a nice looking image basically is, um, honestly, cheat code is going to be to start to experiment with um, some LUTs. Um, you can find LUTs online. Um, lots of people make them. I have, I have some LUTs. I have some LUTs if you would like. Um, but there's kind of two stages for taking your washed out image and then adding some LUTs. So the first thing we, we want to do is get it out of a log image and into what we call a Rec 709 image, which is just like kind of a, it's kind of what happens when you like import a 
um, uh, a raw file into Lightroom and Lightroom does that little instant kind of like edit for you. This is kind of what we want to do for video. So it's like we import our log file and then we kind of want to do that first little like correction to bring it into just a nice looking image. Um, so whatever camera brand you're using, Canon, Sony, whatever, you can go to their website and download a, you know, like C-Log 3.2 Rec. 709 Transform LUT. And that Transform LUT basically gets you out of log color space and into Rec. 709. Um, yeah, Canon, Sony, everyone has their camera brand uh, manufacturer LUT that will do that for you. Um, so that basically just does all the heavy lifting, getting you out of log and into a nice sort of neutral color space. From there, you can then play around with creative LUTs. So like the ones on my website or whoever else that you see online that you like their sort of colors and you want to try their LUT. So you basically then like add these in layers. So how like video editing works because it's all, it's not like working with a, a raw file in Lightroom where it's all non-destructive. You can kind of do things in whatever order. Uh, video color grading is a destructive workflow. It's more like Photoshop, where it's like it's actual pixel manipulation. Um, and so the order you do things is really important. And so in terms of how you actually start to do this is um, all editing soft softwares will have what's called an adjustment layer. And what that is is, uh, remember when we talked about our timeline where we had like one train track with the footage going along? The train track below that is our music. The train track above our footage is our adjustment layer. So it's basically like this sort of, it looks like a kind of a video clip that you drag on top of your timeline and it just sits, literally just sits like a lid on top of everything. And then into that adjustment layer, you can add effects. You can like basically add a LUT. And so the first effect you're going to add is your transform LUT. You know, C-Log3 or S-Log2 Rec. 709 transform LUT that you got off your camera manufacturer's website. So that's stage one. The next thing you put on top of that is the uh, creative LUT. And then that'll get you even closer to the image that you want. But then all of these are just sort of like, uh, you know, they, they don't get you all the way. That They're not going to know the nuances of like the different exposures of your clips and stuff. So the final stage is then just to use the color correction uh, features within the software um, that are, you know, built into Final Cut or Premiere to then do your final tweaks. And they'll look similar, more similar to what you're used to in Lightroom. There's uh, curves, there's levels, there's color wheels, there's HSL adjustments, um, you know, all the usual, but you'll have less, less latitude to play with, you know, like the, it'll be more like editing a JPEG image where you try to move the white balance slider and it'll look more blue and orange than it does on a raw file. Um, but um, yeah, basically that's kind of going to be your process to color grade the footage and it, it should happen quite quick and it should, um, yeah, uh, all come together hopefully quite easily for you. Yeah. I mean, depending on your light situation, I would say, because sometimes, like, mm. you know, with the white bands, mm. I mean, at least I've had troubles, like, indoors sometimes if, like, the white bands is completely off. Maybe you know, mm. uh, it's, you know, how to work. Actually, that's a, fair, that's a fair point because, um, again, this is the kind of stuff that I just don't think about because I'm, I'm not shooting raw. So I'm always thinking about my white balance. 
um, I, I, yeah. So yes, that keeping um, an eye on your white balance um, on the day when you're filming is very, very important. It's not. Look, you don't have to stress. Basically, I during the day I'm at fifty six hundred. It doesn't really matter kind of what's happening. I'm just like fifty six hundred is fine. And then in the evening when the you know artificial lights come out and it all gets a bit wonky, I start to I start to care a bit more. But I don't. I don't. I'm, I, I'm not fiddling with my white balance all day. Yeah, because then your focus so, is yeah. too much on the technical instead of you know what's actually happening on that. So just like yeah, it's it's um yeah yeah, and um yeah. Ben, can you yeah. talk a little bit about like sound design in terms of like adding some you know sound effects like the wind or the water mm. gushing? You know, I think that's yeah. a touch spice. That would be nice to hear about. Yeah, you can absolutely. Uh, you can absolutely do that. That's you kind of you kind of getting a bit a little bit advanced there. There are plenty of videographers that uh, don't do um, that don't use sound design, <laughs> but it is a really great tool to like add that extra depth to your footage. So um, you can download sound design packs. Um, some great ones online. It's, uh, a guest I had on the show recently has a great one. Uh, Multiply Media. They've got a great sound design pack. Um, yeah, so definitely check out there. I'm sure Ada is, can probably have a, a, a link below for that. Um, and yeah, basically that'll give you a pack full of like seagull noises and wind and waves and rustles and footsteps and, and all this stuff. So basically like when you start to then add those kinds of sounds into your film as well, it just adds an extra depth and an extra layer so like if you've got for example a drone shot of the venue layering on some wind sounds and maybe some bird sounds on top of that just like elevates it like crazy um and um and so how that works in your editing is again we're just adding more uh train tracks down the line so you can just like below your music you can add an extra little you know, train track for, for your, for your sound track. fix. I've never said that before. I'm going to use this because I keep saying yeah. layers. Yeah. Is that wrong? You, what? It, no, it's not. Well, that's the, that's, that, that's how we talk about it. But I, I, I thought of the analogy train tracks because of the fact that everything moves along from left to right. So that's sort of like, you're sort of like when you hit play, the train moves along the track, but you can have multiple tracks like all going at the same time. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, um, but yes, play around, play around with sound design, and have listened to that multiply media um, episode of my show if you because they're masters. I'm not a great sound design person, but they're masters at it. So uh, yeah, they're getting super listen, technical. Listen <laughs> at yeah. one point, I was just like, yeah, I really don't know that much about the audio. Is a beast of its own. So I'm excited that like you're going to talk a little bit about recording uh, speeches and adding mm. like the next level of filmmaking. Yeah, let's yeah. get into it. Yeah. So I, I think we can we can brush, uh, yeah, lightly on these next stages because um, I don't want to like overload 
people. But I think just like knowing what comes after this, I think because like for a lot of photographers, like what we've just talked about is kind of like if you can get to that stage where you're like filming on the day or even if you like invite, like get a videographer, if you don't even want to worry about filming on the day, if you want to hire a videographer to like just like catch some, some clips for you, but then you do the editing. If you can get to the stage where you can put some clips in, make them slow motion, put some music on, put some sound design on, color grade it and export it and rinse and repeat and sell that to couples that like you can do that for a few years and that's more than enough for a photographer who adds video. That's honestly plenty because going to this next stage that we're just about to talk about is like you're, you're a videographer now basically. Just teasing um, into what is actually you know, possible out there, you know, giving yeah. you a little taste. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically if, if you either are at the stage now or somewhere down the line are comfortable with what we just talked about and you want to go to the next stage, the next stage is basically capturing the ceremony and speeches in full. And once you've got those, you can then create a whole different, a whole different type of film, but you can't create the types of like wedding films you see online with like, people talking and you're seeing the vows in order to get there, you have to be able to record the ceremony and speeches completely in full from multiple angles and everything. So let's talk about that. So for the ceremony, basically you want to, you, what do I want to start with? I had, uh, so, okay. So gear, what do we need gear wise? Probably need three cameras recording at one time so so you basically want to you you want to be able to have like for the vows you want like whoever's speaking and whoever's being spoken to and then having a third angle that's either like wide or roaming or whatever so like you know like so that you can cut between those vows which is really important um and then it also means like for the the entrance can have like one camera at the front to see their reaction one camera at the back to see whoever whoever's waiting for them at the front um and then yeah so basically like two to three cameras is kind of what you need to cover a ceremony start to finish cool so we need two three cameras um and then we need probably like two tripods and maybe a monopod so you can have like two cameras like set up and then one camera that's kind of a bit more roaming um so yeah we need multiple cameras we need things to put those cameras on to keep them steady and stable um we also need audio gear so <clears throat> um step one for audio like the easiest entry level would be to get yourself some Rode Wireless Goes. If you Google Rode Wireless Go 2, um, this will get you started. Um, it's basically a wireless transmitter that can have a little lapel microphone. It goes to a wireless receiver that you plug into the camera. And basically this, the Wireless Go 2 kit has two microphones for one receiver. So you can have like a, mic a, a, a microphone on the groom and a microphone on, on the celebrant. And between that, that'll get you most of, of, a, of a ceremony. That's kind of step one. Uh, step two would be to get something like this. I, well, but I'm saying this. I've 
you record it in video, people will be able to see when I show, show them to the camera, right? Um, yeah, so the, the Zoom F3 or some other kind of field recorder um, basically will let you um, take a feed from the back of a PA system or a DJ board and just like whatever whatever the guests are hearing over the speakers, you'll be able to record that exact sound as well. Um, excuse me. And then you can, and then I often have a third backup where I attach a uh, a separate recorder to the handheld microphone. So I always like to have three backups of audio. Basically like, yeah, the rule is if you have one, you have none. If you have two, you have one. And if you have three, then you've got a backup. So that's the rule. Yeah, so that's the rule for audio is, is you want backups on backups. Um, and then, so that's, so we, we, we're kind of there. We've got multiple cameras set up. They're rolling like the whole time. So not like start, stop grabbing clips when we think we like something. It's just like when the ceremony starts, you hit record, it goes. Some, some cameras have a half an hour time limit. So you gotta be aware of that. You could have got to hit record again. But basically we, we wanna record the whole thing from multiple angles, start to finish. Um, speeches, it's like from the camera side, it's easier. It's basically just like one camera. Audio is the same. You want the exact same kind of set, set up for audio, multiple backups. And then the only thing with speeches, we're often adding a light. Um, and so, because with video, we don't have flash, so we have to use LED lights. Um, and you want to basically set your light up on um you want to be filming i mean photographers know lighting but you want to be filming their shadow side so you want to light the smart side um and and then yeah so but you can google just like led lights like the amran something if you could google led video lights that because there always a new one coming out so giving you a model number for that is going to date in like a week but yeah if you google led video lights you'll be able to find something that will do the trick for you. But how much time do you actually calculate before the ceremony starts to, to set it all up? Like how much time do you need? Yeah. So, yeah. So I probably, I, I like to have at least 20 minutes, half an hour is comfortable, but I don't often get half an hour. So 15 to 20 minutes is enough time for me, but I know what I'm doing and I'm rushing and running. So yeah. So you basically, you, you want to give yourself pl plenty of time. If you can have half an hour for yourself, great. But often we're going from, you know, the getting dressed and then we hop in the car and the ceremony's starting very soon. So we don't often get that time. Um, but if it's important to your couples, you can communicate that and work in the timeline some some buffer. Um, yeah. So that's basically, yeah, so that's basically oh, one other thing with uh, recording these things um, is um, camera placements. So in video, there's a rule called the 180 degree rule. And if you've ever, if you've, if you've watched a movie or a TV show, you, it's just, in, it's baked into your psyche, which is the, the trope that, if someone's having a conversation, one person's looking to the from the like to the left hand side of the screen, and one person's and you cut to the other person, and they're looking to the other side of the screen. Um, 
And in order to achieve that, basically, um, you want to, if you think about like a circle around, like if you're looking at a bird's eye view of your couple standing opposite each other, draw a circle around them, 360 degrees. You draw a line between them. So you get you get a, you get a 180 degree, you know, half of that circle. Um, and you can't cross that, that equator line. You're basically both on the same half of the circle. Both cameras are on the same half of the circle. Um, that way... When you get the footage into your computer, um, you know, bride will be looking left side of the screen, groom will be looking right side of the screen, and when you cut between them, it'll make sense. Yeah, or else it's super um, awkward, it, right? You're just like if, if you, and it's one of those things that you just when you're just going around grabbing shots and you don't think about it, and you get it into the edit, and you try and, and you try and cut those reaction shots, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So yeah, that'll. That's going to be something that if you want to start recording ceremony speeches, that's you want to think about those reaction shots. If you want, if you want to cut between reactions, yeah. Mm. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's one of those things that you do it once and you go, oh shit, okay, yep, that doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so that 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 this is where you can really start to experiment. Experiment. So basically, like once you've captured ceremony and speeches in full. Um, and you've got the the words from the day because the words will tell the story, basically. And so once you've got the words, you can start making a story-based film, which is another way of saying like a cinematic highlight film. But like basically a story-based film is anything that kind of just like use, works in those the, the words as well. So you have the words, the music, the visuals, and they're all working together to tell the story of this couple. Um so yeah, so you've now captured the ceremony and speeches, you've got the words, and you want to start playing around with different types of films and getting a bit more sophisticated with the the films that you're making. Um, the first thing to keep in mind with that um, is you kind of want to just be way more organized, I think is the word, because you're going to have a lot more footage, going to be a lot of data, going to be pushing a lot of data around and you need to stay organized. Otherwise, unless you've got boatloads of cash to throw around on, on hard drives and fancy computers and everything, like because you're just going to blow out on space super quick and you're going to get unorganized and you're going to try to find things and files are not going to be linked and it's going to be a nightmare. So just having a really, really, really clear file structure when you're like getting those getting that footage off the SD cards into a computer, like basically I label everything per camera. So like I've got like my couple folder inside my couple folder. I've a footage folder inside that. I've got folders for every single camera, and then I I can basically take all those folders, drag them into my editing software, and um, everything's organized within their folders. So I know what's come from what camera which is really important when we start to piece like the ceremony together, which is multiple cameras. You know, it's, it's, it's not just a case of um, ha having everything in chronolo chronological order because there's stuff, there's footage being captured at the exact same time. Um, yeah, so just making sure you're super organized in your file structure and then you kind of got some like housekeeping to do when you get into your editing software. So first step I do is... Um, categorize and label all my footage so i go through each camera um folder 
and just start to label everything with parts of the day. So I've got keywords for like bride prep, bride prep, groom prep, venue, pre-ceremony, ceremony, cocktail hour, uh, reception, photo shoot, party, speeches. And so I've got like all those categories. And then I and so then I categorize everything. So all my footage is now labeled, all my audio is labeled. And then we're still not like touching editing yet. We then have to um, like do what's called multicamming. We have to create multicam sequences for our ceremonies and our speeches. Um, because, you know, we recorded audio all separately. We've got multiple cameras. How do we actually deal with that stuff? And so um, all the softwares like Premiere and Final Cut um, have functionality for creating multicam sequences. And so I won't be able to go into exactly how to do that today but basically if you if you if you google like how to multicam how to create multicam and insert editing software here that you basically yeah but basically what you want to do is you want to make that sequence that then becomes like a new video file effectively and then you want to use that to make your footage selects from so if you want to like use a section of the vows in your highlight film make the multicam sequence first, bring all those shots together, then on the multicam sequence, do your in and out points and drag that in. That way when you're editing, you can literally cut between, you You literally have that one clip of the whole vows and you can just then like hit like camera one, camera two, cut between the reactions rather than, rather than trying to like, okay, I need like, this bit of her vows, find that, and then I want his reaction of that bit, and pulling and trying to like grab the puzzle pieces from all over the show. You get really unorganized really quick, and you'll get yourself in all sorts of knots. So, just for this kind of editing, organization is key. Otherwise, you're going to get unstuck really, really quick. Mm, yeah, like the last episode, is this from last week with KEGJ Productions. Mm. You guys were talking mm. about that. So for anybody who wants to kind of get into that, that was, mm. yeah, I was super impressed when they were talking about how organized they are. Like, and you have to be huh? when you're working yeah. at that level. It's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, basically that's, um, that's kind of, once you're at that stage, then you, then you can kind of play around with, the editing process really um and so how i like to approach creating a story-based film um again it's I'm, I'm i'm all for like structure and organization um basically because like otherwise editing can take way too long it can take way too long and i know video editors well well i i'm getting faster and faster like the more i get myself organized and structured i can get faster and faster but like last season it took me like 13 14 weeks to get a film back to a couple and it's just and it's just too it's just too long yeah it's too um, long but it's i mean you're only filming weddings so i'm sure you're doing many weddings in a season it's uh, mm-hmm. i mean the thing about yeah. editing excuse me i need to cough <laughs> excuse me <laughs> covid um like okay when i'm editing photos i can actually sit and edit regardless if I'm in the mood or not. Like, don't you find mm. that, like, when you edit a film, yeah. you really so, in the zone? Yeah, absolutely. And well, and so being more structured and 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 methodical 
uh, means you are less beholden to like getting in the mood for it. And it's because as a when you're creating a film, you can go into a really intuitive place and like really get in the zone and get in the vibe and start editing. Um, that's a really easy way to make the first minute of your film amazing and this and the last six minutes of your film really boring. Editing intuitively like that, um, you can create some amazing stuff, um, but it take it can take way longer and you can often burn out of editing juice you can you know the first minute of your film will be amazing and then it'll get progressively less inspired as you go along as you just like run out of you know ideas or you know you sort of back you like edit yourself into a corner um and so how i like to approach editing and how a lot of seasoned editors approach editing is um basically just doing doing everything in stages so you know you do your multicams first and you know, all the sort of like boring you do all the boring admin first and then what you want to do is you want to like find your story beats so step one is like find your story beats and that's often what parts of vows and what parts of speeches and what parts of letter readings in what order are going to tell the story of this couple um, and it's a balance, and 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 you want to balance like um, uh, making sure you've got a good good um, balance of like the families, like you know what side of the family, and hearing from the bride and hearing from the groom, and making sure everyone's sort of balanced. Um, but sort of picking out those moments from the day um, that are going to tell the story and so what i like to do is like just literally hand 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 write notes of like like just basically just go through and find like oh yep that's a great little bit of vows or speeches and then just just start sort of like map it out in paper form go okay we're going to start by hearing about how they met you know i'm going to use a bit of their vows and then the bridesmaid talked about how they met and then um the bride talked about how they met in her speech and so everything about how they met I'm going to put it at the start and kind of that's going to be how the start, start of the, the start of the film, like that's the story of the start of the film. Um, and you can start to just like map out the the story in kind of paper form and go, yeah, this goes here, this goes here. We're going to talk, we're going to have this sort of vibe here. It might be quite like a funny vibe at the start. There might be some jokes in the speeches and stuff. Like we're going to start funny. Then we're going to go quite sweet. We're going to go, we're going to have the middle of the film as like the vows because they were really beautiful, maybe a letter reading. Um, the middle of the film is going to be quite sweet and then we're going to finish on another you know jokey funny speech and then go into partying and you sort of can map out holistically what the film as a whole the arc of the film looks like um, and just and then you can just check in like is this going to be the right vibe for the couple like you know is, is this going to serve them is this going to fit with them yep cool all right we can we can move on to the next step um so that yeah, that's basically what I do is I just like figure out what ingredients I'm working with, in what order, figure out my story arc, um, and then proceed to the next step. And so the next step is then basically finding the soundtrack to go to that story. So uh, along with the, along with those story beats, I kind of like associate like emotions, vibes, you know, feelings to each of those sections, and then with those. I then take those vibes and go hunting for music on Musicbed. 
and then sort of grab a selection of um, of music that each sort of fits those feelings. And then I can start to bring those into my editing software and go like, you know, what's what sits alongside together quite nicely? Like how's the music kind of transitioning? Um, you can get more complicated with the music stuff with, like, again, multiple media uh, went into some really amazing music stuff. It was a bit overwhelming for me too. But um, yeah, so that's kind of next stage is like figure out kind of what the story looks like then we want to find this, the music to go along with that. And then we're going to bring them together. We're basically going to build the film in audio form first. And that's the real that's the real key because if the film works in audio form, it'll work in video form. Um, and so so you can then um, yeah, cut the you can cut the uh, cut the 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 words, you know, like chop out this bit of the speech because it's not necessary trim it down um you know just really re really tighten up and manipulate um manipulating people's words sounds um probably a bit dodgy but um wrong but but that's literally what you're doing you're making people sound better than they are you're you're cutting out ums you're 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 finding the point of what they were saying and removing the middle section where they went off on a tangent um um, and you're, you know, you're cutting between, you're going from like groomsmen talking about the first part of where they met to the bridesmaid talking about the first part of where they met and then back to the groomsmen talking about the, the punchline of that, you know, you're really starting to craft and manipulate these, uh, these words and then how they interact with the music. Um, and you can also manipulate the music just because a track is one and a half minutes long here to here. You, you, you can trim that and cut that and, and have the 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 climax of the music fit with the climax of the speech and have that all work together and you can you know you, you really play around with with um these elements and how they all come together and and, and you'll feel if, if it's right or not but you're basically not seeing anything like you're you're probably seeing like shots of people talking because that's like the footage that the audio is coming from but that's not that's not the film you know you're just like listening to the film as you make it and so once you've then got the film in audio form, then you can lay your pretty shots on top. Um, and the, my rule of thumb is um, basically uh, whatever's being talked about in the words, you show that. So if they're talking about like the couple's so great together, show the couple. You're like... Thanks, you know. Th thanks for being here. Like, you know, this this spot means so much to the couple. It's such a beautiful location. Show a drone shot of the location. You know, so like you can, yeah, you can let you can let the words dictate what footage you pick, which then makes your editing process faster because you're not, you're not making as many decisions. You know, the you, you've already made the decisions um, methodically in that. Yeah, you know, from a story perspective, you don't have to then you like hurt your brain too much to think about like what footage goes in what spot because it's kind of that that work's kind of done for you i hear you yeah ben i'm so blown away yeah. like i feel like i've sucked so much information from you like i feel like this was like the best way to even showcase what an amazing teacher you are like i've seen that you offer mentorships and i really like if anybody 
like do not if you really are thinking about going into filmmaking don't stumble by yourself and just make all the mistakes that you don't need to make like I mean what do your mentorships look like I really just talk about that a little bit because you're amazing oh thank you that's very very nice of you um yeah uh I've started mentorships somewhat recently and love them they're great um I basically just do like two-hour sessions and tailor them to what people need. And so I've mostly been doing them with videographers so far um, and we've been focusing mostly on like um, brand and finding who your client is and um, finding what 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 films you're making for them because it's like a film can be, you know, a film is a film is a film. Like, you know, a film's going to look so different. And so knowing like who your couple is, like who you are, who your couple is, what your brand is and what film you're making for them. Um, it just, just sets people up to like, again, make less decisions, right? Like have less decision fatigue. You know, if you like, like not like sitting down at the, um, in the editing suite every single wedding with like blank canvas syndrome going, I don't know how to start. If you give yourself some frameworks, give yourself some, um, uh, uh, constraints, some parameters, some constraints. Um, it only increases your creativity. Like constraints improve create creativity. Um, so that's what I've been working with with people lately, which has been really fun. Oh, that's fascinating. So, like, but you're still open to like um, newcomers. Yeah, absolutely. And I've actually I've got a I've got like a framework. I mean, I kind of based today's talk off the framework for a stills to motion mentorship um session that so if, if photographers are wanting to go a little bit more deeper have a little bit more um one-on-one hashing out of some of the problems and issues you're facing that's definitely something that i would i love talking about so um yeah oh that's so good so like can you tell us where we can find you like your film work plus your podcast or if there's anything else yeah. you're working on yeah, absolutely. So, um, the, the all the the men, m- mentorships and the podcast and everything, um, is just at makebetterweddingfilms.com. Um, and yeah, we're on Instagram too and all that good stuff. Um, and then my, uh, my films. Um, I'm uh, side project films. So again, it's all linked through. Like, if you go on the Make Better Wedding Films podcast, my Instagrams, um, linked on there and stuff. So. Yeah, and obviously in the show notes because I'm going to be linking out to all the things we talked about, the episodes we mentioned, um, all your contacts, and yeah, easy access to you. It's incredible. Like, I am literally blown away by all the information that you gave. Like, I invited you on to chat and you just educated and educated. So (laughs) thank you for giving more than expected. Um, Thank you so much. That's all I got to say. Oh, well. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on, Ed. It's been great. Um, yeah, it's been awesome to chat. I don't, I, I don't usually get the chance to come on other people's shows, so it was great to get the invite. Thank you. Oh, such a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of My Wedding Season, the podcast. To be notified as soon as a new episode goes live, make sure that you subscribe. I'd love for you to write a comment or leave a review. Let me know what you want more of. 
for the show notes, head on over to www.wedding-photography-podcast.com. Cheering you on and until next time.